Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once, it's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Here we go. Welcome back, everyone. Another episode of A Little More Good. I'm Dean. I'm Zach. Good to be back with you all. So we got a good episode today. Trying something new today, a little bit with our with our episode. This is a brand new segment. Uh, something we're gonna try throughout the year. Uh, roll it out periodically, uh, where we just highlight one story that we find lights us up, inspires us, shows us a new way of thinking, a new path, or it's just uh, you know a cool story. Yeah. So, so we've got uh, one of our friends. On the episode this week, Abdallah, yeah, um, founder of Super Baba. Uh, if you haven't been to Super Baba, they've got the best vegan falafel in town. Uh, they've got some other stuff on the menu, but uh, their vegan stuff's what's up. You can just ignore the rest. <laughs> who cares about those other things? Right, right, right Dalla, if you're listening, <laughs> we want an all-vegan menu, man. That's right. Super vegan baba. Super vegan baba coming soon. Yeah. Especially those cookies. He makes these like uh, like turmeric uh, cornflake cookie. I could be butchering that, but it's not vegan. And uh, Dala, the world's waiting for the vegan version. Yeah. Let's do it. Yeah. Well, it's so interesting because he does, as you'll hear, like, uh, well, and you talked about the falafel, like Middle Eastern food. And so much of it is like almost all plant-based yes. anyway. There's obviously some of the staples, right? Like yeah. there's the halal meats and all this, like yeah. the, the shawarma. And, but um, man, it's so easy to eat like Middle Eastern food. Oh, it yeah. is just delicious. And it's, it's so good. you don't even have to try. You don't have to sub anything, right? Falafel plate, all hummus, or you just get some good vegan tzatziki and away you go. And his falafel, honestly, like there's a lot of falafel out there. Like this falafel is something something special there's nice. a little secret sauce in there or something yeah and his eggplant he's got like a crispy eggplant his fries are really good too getting it's hungry super, i'm getting hungry baba. that's almost dinner time yeah uh dolly used to do all these really cool pop-ups um where he would kind of bring his take on middle eastern food into all these different spaces whether it was like someone's home or these like 
really massive pop-ups. Uh, and that kind of led to Super Baba. But if you haven't eaten there yet, check it out. Make sure uh, you order the falafel and uh, tell them that uh, we sent you. That's right. Yeah, they have uh, they have a location here in Vancouver. That's what that's what Dalla just opened, and there is one in Victoria as well. Yes. So even if you're on the island, you can check it out there without having to take the people's yacht across the water. Um, but yeah, the the Vancouver location just in Mount Pleasant on Main Street and like. It's like Main and Eighth. Main basically. and Eighth. Yeah. 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 Beautiful interior. Nice design. Dallas got an eye for what's cool. Random thing. He used to have an he used to have a greeting card company called Lost Boys or something like that. And they used to make like the funniest greeting cards. So you can also tease them to bring back some greeting cards because they were my go to uh for any occasion. I've got a Lost Boy greeting card. Nice. Yeah. There you go. But yeah, check them out. So good. Uh, modern Middle Eastern food. Made from scratch. Yep. Real, real good. And their pita bread. Oof. Made in-house. And, uh, I mean, we'll have Dal on to tell his full story. We wanted to highlight this one very specific special story. Uh, but Dalla went to Lebanon uh, before he launched Super Baba to, like, study his family recipes and, and from from his aunties and uncles and, and other relatives and just study from like the community that his family came from. So mm-hmm. he like went to the, to the homeland and, and uh, kind of studied the ancient recipes of the falafel and yes. uh, the spices and everything else. So, uh, you know, it's not, like I said, it's not the everyday falafel. There's something special in there. There you go. There you go. So yeah, with today's conversation, um, we're trying something like Zach had mentioned a little bit different where we're highlighting, uh, just like one really unique and powerful story and, um, we'll, we'll see how it lands. So you can always let us know. Normally we, we prefer and lean into like the long form combo, uh, and we will have Dala on to like do that. But this is a, this is a really, really impressive and incredible story about the power of names being named and, uh, the, the intimate uh, and unique connections that can happen. I think when you're just a person who lives uh, with an openness and you'll maybe know, understand more of, of that mysterious intro once you listen to Dallas story, but uh, it's an invitation to, to live in the moment, to be in the present, to pay attention to the people and places around you and to like maybe be open even to the mystical, mm-hmm. which is really cool. And I loved I loved hearing this story and I've even told it a couple times. Like it's not my story to tell, but I'm like, this is so cool. You got to hear this story. So, and now I can just point people and be like, you got to go listen to this episode. Cause then you can actually hear Dalla tell the story. There's a lot of magic in this story and uh, the power. Some people might say of coincidence or noticing your surroundings. If you're noticing a lot of coincidences in your life, maybe ask yourself why it's mm-hmm. showing up. And see what lessons waiting for you. Um, That's right. Because if you, if Dala's dad were one that didn't pay attention to his surroundings, the story might be a little different. That's right. So there you go. There's your teaser. There's, There's your, your teaser, teaser for this for this episode. The story of a name. The story of uh, our friend Dala. So yeah. But uh, before before we get right into it, should we jam? Let's jam. What's good this week, What's Zach good? Berman? I was just telling you I had like a nice moment. Um, I was down at our Main Street location earlier today, and I saw this couple. They looked old. I want to say they were like, I don't know, 90, what 90 looks like in my head. (laughs) 
So anywhere between like <laughs> 70 and 90. Maybe 100. I don't know. <laughs> they were like. They were old. They're old. They looked old. Good. Like how you like, like, you know, like the couple from Up on Disney. Like. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, just yeah, like yeah. a cute old couple. Nice. Um, so let's say they were 92, 93 years old. She looked like maybe she was a year younger than him. <laughs> <laughs> but they were walking down Main Street and they were like holding hands and uh, they just looked very much in love at their ripe age of 92 and 93. And uh, that kind of lit me up just to, to see their love and uh, made me happy. Yeah, so cool. I did. Uh, I love that. I love when that happens. You see someone who, you know, they've put in the time it probably has not been easy, right? Potentially raise some kids. Like you can write this whole story yeah. as you just like look. Part of the reason why I love people watching really is like, what's their story, right? But uh, yeah, so cool. You see like on one end of the spectrum, there's that. There's this long lasting love that's who knows how many forms it's, sh- it's taken, shapes, right? Iterations and how it's shaped over time and changed over time. I love that. I love when you see people and you're like, man, they've been in it. Like what kind of... What kind of stories would you sit down and, and hear from them about how do you do it? Yeah. How do you still walk down Main Street holding hands when you're this old? How long have you been married? Like 60 years, 50 years longer? Amazing. Yeah. I should have been like, hey, lovers, we've got this podcast. Come teach us the secrets <laughs> of love. True. We should do maybe like a Valentine's Day episode or something coming up for February. We'll be like, oh, yeah. Bring in some, some old. Some love expert. Love experts. And not like the, yeah romantic kind but like the long burning like how do you yeah. how does it how does it simmer um it's funny because i did a wedding yes on friday yes for a mutual friend of ours whose wedding did you do shout out to shane oh no and way. rachel yeah shout out to shane yeah a good friend of ours uh, helped us out with the with the juice truck cycling club a couple summers ago uh, all around uh, great human but it's so cool because you have they're like just when you're talking about this older couple, I'm like, oh, you know, here's this like new, newly married, yeah. newly minted couple. Obviously, they've been together for a long time, but like it kind of takes this new chapter, right? This new stage. And so all around us, I think if we pay attention, we're, we're, we see these like bookends or these opportunities to like notice what's happening in the world, right? Whether it's love or connections, relationships, whatever, but... Yeah, even there, whenever, whenever it's a real privilege to be able to like stand up and, and officiate a wedding, um, you get invited into these high moments of people's lives, right? And, and get to be a significant part of it. And so it was a real, it was a real pleasure uh, to be able to do it. And I just got to say, like th- those two, the way they looked at each other, like while they were doing their vows, which were just outstanding and everything, like it was such a cool moment where you know we were all there, right? It was the first wedding I've done in a while that was like kind of full, like there was yeah. a, there was a there were some people there. It was cool, cool to, to be part of. But it's kind of like we all just disappeared in that moment, and it was just them too. It was so cool. It was so cool. So, shout out to them. Congrats, tying the knot, and um, to the old couple, yeah. right? Who maybe are like, oh yeah, wh- what was our wedding like again? Right? Like <laughs> probably very, very different than today's standard fare, but yeah, yeah, meaningful nonetheless. To young and old love. Yeah, so good, so good. Well, cheers to Shane and, and all the lovers out there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, we also did, uh, since we last chatted, we, uh, we did a race. Yes. Speaking of things we love <laughs> that can sometimes hurt us. <laughs> Running. I know. Oh, man. Survival of the fittest. It was a good run. First, first start line. What did, what did they say? Over like, like 500, over 500 days. days. Yeah. So crazy when you put it that way. Um, 
Yeah, and not a huge field, but like still a fair number of like people. Three or four hundred people, you think? Yeah, something like that. Yep. So it was a Coast Mountain uh, Trail Series run, and uh, put on by the one and only Gary Robbins and his team up in Squamish with uh, a ton of volunteers. So thank you to everyone who came out to help make that possible. And it was a great run. But you know, what I didn't even realize in What's signing that? up because I kind of signed up on a whim when you yes. were like. Do it. And then I said on the podcast, like, oh, I should do it. And then I was like, no, I feel like I'm committed. Yeah. Um, Trapped you. It's awesome. So they take $5 from every registration and they donate it to like the local trail system or search and rescue. So like out of that race, it was like almost five grand was donated to like the Squamish search and rescue, which is super cool. And they also plant a tree for every racer. Wow. So for every bib that they sell or every every person who registers for the race, they they plant a tree. That's so cool. Isn't that cool? So like over the course of the weekend, there's the 18K, which we ran, and then the 35K, um, which maybe we'll run next year. I don't know. Maybe not. Let's do it. But should, of all of those... right now? Yeah. <laughs> I'm not committing to anything. Um, but of all those people, like, you know, whatever, 400, 500 trees are planted. It's like a regenerative event. Super cool. I love that. And I didn't even know that signing up. So... Super awesome. A little more good baked in to a great run. And it was so fun. Ah, what a what a route. It had everything. Oh man. It was so beautiful. It had like cruisy like parts where you would just fly. It had like challenging uphill, had technical (laughs) parts. Um, like, like we were talking about before, like we're a couple flat road roadies from Richmond. If you don't know Richmond, there's no hills. Yeah. Um, so we're not, you know, we're not one in the trail, but it was so fun to be in the trail. Oh, it's so good. And it's like single track. So it's like, there's not really enough room to run side by side. There's a few stretches where you could kind of spread out. They were like on a, on a gravel road or whatever. So you're, there's literally just this like line of of people like running up and yeah the trail community is so good like everyone is su- it's such a vibe like everyone is for each other it's really cool it doesn't it's competitive but somehow it doesn't feel yes the same as like a road race it feels like you're more you're you're like your individuals running it yes but there's some sort of like collective that forms some i don't know i don't know what it is but the vibe was so much fun so you're running single track and it's like a lot of up in the first basically seven or eight K. And uh, I, was not, I was not ready. I was not ready for the amount of climbing we were doing. And um, still, it was so fun. But yeah, I kind of got, got, got a major cramp in my back trying to push through. And, but oh, you battled through? Battled through. It was good. Yeah, yeah. The, the back half felt good. Apart from not being like a, a sure-footed technical runner going down. Yeah. Uh, so that took me, I had to slow down and really kind of like make sure I didn't die yep. on some of those descents, but, uh, <laughs> Oh man. But not at least some of the descents I, th- I found going down was a lot harder than going up. Yeah. I was like, I am out of control. Well, honestly, like a seven or eight K up, you know, there's a, it's an 18 year race halfway through at nine kilometers. There's an aid station. And so you're basically climbing from very, very early on in the race up until you hit this aid station and you get a bit of a descent. And I remember just like getting, closer like looking at my watch and seeing the distance covered i was like oh man i'm i'm like ready for some downhill honestly <laughs> and then as soon as i got onto the downhill i was like okay okay i'm like ready for a little more uphill like this is crazy oh man i was like you can't you just you're never happy with what's in front of you just enjoy it yes. be in the moment yeah 
And shout out to our future podcast guest. And, uh, <laughs> She's going to be like, quit it. <laughs> we're just trolling Aaron on every I, podcast. I feel like it. Uh, one of our besties, uh, Aaron Ireland, uh, she podiumed third place. Yeah. And man, what an accomplishment. So amazing. So proud of her. So inspired. Really cool to see. Um, we had a bit of a plant-powered posse up there. It was great. Me, myself, Aaron, Steph, a few others. And, um, yeah, it was awesome to see and amazing to see Aaron finishing on the podium. I think there's uh, big things waiting for her in the trail racing scene, uh, just like our friend Austin. I feel like they're both uh, both just setting the trail ablaze with their, uh, with their grit and uh, their running game. Yeah. Very impressive. So cool. So, so cool. It's, it's just, like, awesome to to know you know people who are so good at it right yeah. like it's, it's like sucks but you're like man i wish i could go like faster but like i'm happy I'm, i am what i am right yep. i'll never podium and that's okay but to like see someone go out and crush it and then be able to kind of like celebrate with them after it's not yeah. just some fast person out there but like someone you know right yes. it's so cool it was so cool and then uh you're just great to be able to like zip down a little ways from quest university to the uh that little like communal station there it was like the local war and the cloudburst cafe. And then this new awesome grocery like vegan store. grocery store. Plant X. Plant X, man. They, it was amazing. It was amazing. So many, Bought so many goodies. That was just as exciting as the race. I was like, <laughs> look at all this vegan food. That was like the finish, the true finish line is like yeah. getting down there and just like, yeah, crushing some delicious food. You know what I really could have used after the race though? What's that? Super Baba falafel Ooh, wrap. A little, a nice falafel wrap with extra hot sauce. Yep. So it was a little chilly after the Some race. Some of that hummus, you know. Oof. So good. So good. Yeah. But uh, it was a great time. Definitely want to do it again. We've already been like looking at like, what's the next race? Like, yep. where's the next trail race? And yeah, did a, did a few Richmond Flatland runs since yeah. then. Feels good. Get the legs back. After the DOMS, the delayed onset muscle soreness. I know. Maybe seaweed's next. We can choose our own course for that one. True, true, true. That'd be so good. Yeah. Anything else? What's lighting you up or what's what's got you thinking, reflecting? What's been meaningful for you? Or are we ready to drop? Oh, I got one quote that, um, that I read on the old Instagram. Oh, yeah. And I wanted to run it by you. Quotes of Instagram. See what, see what you thought. Our newest new segment, Quotes of Instagram with Zach Berman. Okay, here you go. Okay. It says, if you don't heal where it hurts you, you'll bleed on people who didn't cut you. Ooh. And that one was just like, kind of hit home because we all have things we're working on. What do you think? Tell me what you think about that quote. If you don't heal what hurt you, you'll bleed on people who didn't cut you. Yeah. Ooh. That's good. Yeah. (laughs) I think it's true. It resonates. It's true. Uh, yeah, I think so often when people are, are perpetrating, uh, hurt, however it might look, it's easy to see them as just that, as like perpetrators of pain. Uh, but so often the question needs to be asked is like, what, what happened? What happened to you? Like who, who hurt you? And it can be hard in the moment, obviously to, to see that, especially if it's someone is, you know, to use the language of the quote, bleeding on you. Uh, it can be tough. It can be tough or is hurting you to see them as a victim as well. But I think so many of those patterns, behaviors are cyclical and they're born out of 
wounds that have never been addressed, hurts that have never been healed. And man, that's not easy work. That is not easy work to like see things and see the the hurt that you have or the wounds that you have and um, start to do the work to heal them. But I think it's necessary. And like, you know, here, obviously the, the pillar, the core of what we believe is to do a little more good. And so it's really hard to do that if you're still uh, injured, recovering, or not able to, not able to like really um, even own some of those hurts. That's, there's a, in, in my tradition, um, there's often a thing called the wounded healer. And it's really important because the, the wounds are the things that heal us, but, and allow others to be healed through us. But we have to, uh, we have to be able to heal first. Yeah. So the, the concept of the wounded healer is that, uh, the injuries, the scars, the wounds that we have and we carry aren't disqualifications to help people. Um, they're actually the thing that allows us to enter into solidarity with people and help them. Um, and oftentimes people can be ashamed or embarrassed of the things that they carry, the wounds, the scars that they have. Um, but once they're healed over, they actually allow for meaningful conversation. They allow for us to say, yeah, I see you. I know what that is. Um, but if we haven't done the work to begin healing those things, um, you can, you can just bloodlet and it might be inappropriate. It might not be helpful. It might make the wound worse. And I think that, uh, it's not, it's not, I, it's not a person who is currently wounded that can heal. It's when those wounds are healed, we can then be that platform for others, be, be a, an opportunity to, to bring healing for other people. So yeah, whew, there we go. That went deep. There we go. <laughs> but I think, uh, that's a good quote. Yeah. That's a good quote. Made me reflect on where I need to, you know, go internal and, and do my own self-development and, mm. and be aware of, you know, potential damage that I carry to other people or, or whatnot because I haven't addressed something myself. Right. Um, it kind of made me think about, we don't need to jam on this too much because we should pass it over to the dollar. But uh, the David Cho episode on Rich Roll, yeah. um, how small things can create lifelong trauma totally um i think i'll just leave it with saying that was one of the most interesting podcasts i've listened to and if mm. you didn't have if you haven't tuned in check out the david show episode on ritual it's uh mind-blowing very, yeah very uh very dynamic interesting uh not fit in any sort of box sort of podcast yeah and touches on some of these elements of like self self-identification of of injuries and past traumas and how those can manifest into all kinds of behaviors in in our lives so yeah and i would just say obviously like if you're a person who's like oh man i have wounds and i don't even know where to begin um it's not something it's not it's not necessarily like a self-fulfilling prophecy like you, you sometimes we need help mm-hmm. sometimes we need help outside of ourselves right and there's that could be a friend that could be like uh someone that we're in relationship with it could be a professional um, right. If you want to get faster at running, one of the things to do is like get a coach, 
get someone who can tell you, oh yeah, when you're doing that, that's actually not helpful for you. Yeah. Right. If we want to learn how to launch a business, you might seek advice from people who have done it before. Um, same goes with our physical, mental, emotional health, right? Spiritual health even is find people who've walked the road before you or people you admire who are safe, you can trust and, and begin to address or even notice or understand the wounds that we might carry. And then you can move forward and, and, um, become a healed and helping version of yourself to others. There you go. There we go. Yeah. Wow. That was good. That was, <laughs> that's a good quote. Quotes um, of Instagram. Quotes of Instagram. With Zach Berman. All right. Well, there we go. We're all on our own journeys and, uh, yeah, here we go. Dalla, the power of what's in a name. Tune in. Let us know what you think of this short form version. And uh, stay tuned for future short stories as well. Here we go. Uh, we're super excited to have our good friend here, uh, Dala Alshami uh, from Super Baba, formerly from the Juice Truck, <laughs> formerly from Hootsuite, formerly from Lebanon, <laughs> and you know, US somewhere in between there. Go so yeah. Uh Thank you for, for joining us for for this conversation. Thanks for having me. Dala's my like third best friend. Third? Yeah. Oh my god. I got really like, ranked. <laughs> that was We're, like, okay. Zach and Taylor would be like tied for one or two. Ah, uh, Taylor took my space. Yeah, and then it comes Dala. But we haven't seen Dala during COVID for a while. Yeah. Well, uh, it's better. Just to set the table, by the way, I'm sitting here also with Ryan Slater and the Diener. Hey, hey. Tell the story about your name. That like mystical story. Oh yeah, let's start with your birth. It's so it's long. It's the, one of the greatest stories I've ever heard. <laughs> I was so captivated. Okay. When you told I'll give us. I'll give the podcast no. version. Yeah, no, we, no. we ran today, and Zach's like, "You gotta hear the story." Uh, so I would. I would love if you would share. <laughs> I would love. To hear. Like it's like a story. It's so funny. It's like like sometimes people refer to it as like sort of like a what's that author's name, Paolo. Yes. 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 But then, like recently, I found out that like so much of the adult world hates him. <laughs> it's just so they find his like writing very childish and like. And anyway, but I like I love I, the Alchemist. When I first read the Alchemist, <laughs> and I was young, I, like, I enjoyed yeah. it. And I think it's one of those things where like if you read it before the age of twenty five, you'll always appreciate it. Yeah. And if you read it later on, you're like, oh, well, this obviously this was obvious the whole time going through. Yeah. But uh, so I mean, I'll, it, it'll all work together because uh, to preface, my parents at the time. We're living in Saudi Arabia. I believe the civil war was going on in Lebanon, and my dad was an electrical engineer who worked um, on the American oil tap line. So he would like, I think he would like climb those oil towers and like work on the electricity. Um, and he had so many stories from that time, and he would travel a lot between uh, Jordan and Saudi Arabia and just those countries. And so back in the day you would travel past those borders very easily. Like, it wasn't like you'd get there and, like, they'd give you a hard time with your passport. Like, it was just like, oh, you're going through? Cool. And they see your ID and you'd go. So he was coming back from Jordan at this time. Only my sister was born. And uh, my parents lived in the middle of the desert in a, in a, in a city called Arar. So it's spelled A-R-A-R. I found out later, again, I don't know if this is confirmed because there's not enough information, (laughs) that I believe it's called R-R because the site's name of the oil uh, uh, facility was like R-R-78 something. You know what I mean? It was like the code for it. And I think that's why they ended up up calling it that. And so um, 
it's a little town and then like a huge American compound where they where all the people who work for this company live, where my parents lived. And and then desert. Like I went to back to it when I was uh, a teenager, I believe, when we were living in Saudi Arabia again. And like I couldn't believe how much desert we drove through to get to this town. <laughs> wow. So anyways, uh, so he's coming back from Jordan and he gets to the border and there's this like, there's this like old man who like, I mean, he looks like a, he looks like a traveler, maybe homeless, like tattered clothing, cigarettes, has a can in his hand. And, and he, he, he's there and my, and the border guard, I, from what I remember, my dad telling me a story, the border guard said, this guy's going to a town on the way to where you're going. Why don't you give him a ride? Cause he's just like stuck here. And my dad's like, you know, sure. And like, again, back then in the Middle East, like you, it wasn't like, it's not like the stories of like truckers, serial killers and stuff. It was just like, just everyone's around. Like, yeah, just, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and so the guy, my dad's like, yeah, no problem. So he gets in the car and they start driving and they're just talking, talking and, and driving through desert and talking. And, and at one point out of the blue, the guy turns to my dad and he goes, your wife is pregnant. My dad goes, no, she's not pregnant. The guy goes, no, 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 she's pregnant. Come on. And he just like, he keeps saying it and he keeps like, and he's being very, like, very aggressive about it. And my dad's like, then my dad's like, my dad's like, he rang and he was like, yeah, oh, yeah, she, she is totally pregnant. And then, and then the guy goes, you have to name your son Abdullah. And my dad goes, well, you know, there are other names. You know, my dad really wanted to name me Jamil. Okay. After his, after his grandfather. And, uh, and then, but the guy, he's like, no matter what, you have to name him. And then he again, he was getting aggressive. So my dad's like, I'll name him whatever you want. <laughs> Just back off. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And so so conversation dies down a little bit. The guy, like, my dad remembers like he was like he was like smoking these cigarettes. I think they're called gold stars. Like they were really like they were like cheap cigarettes. Yeah. And like the, the reason I mentioned that is it'll make sense as I tell the story, but he's like, you know, tattered clothing, cheap cigarettes, better. So they get to the town. The town, the town, I believe, is called Treif, and it's like another small town. There's like, you know, it's like a, one or two restaurants. It's like, I don't even know why the town is there. It's like, again, in the middle of the desert. Your rest stop. <laughs> yeah, basically. And so the guy goes, oh, I live behind these buildings right here, these small buildings. And when I say buildings, I mean like low-rise, like, you know, put together. Um, and my dad goes, oh, well, I can take you to your, 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 right to your door. And he goes, no, don't worry about it. Like, I'll just get out here and walk. So the guy gets out of the car and he like starts walking away with his cane. And then he turns back and tells my dad, like, why don't you come in for coffee or something? And the guy, and my dad goes, no, I gotta go, I gotta go visit my friend. He owns this restaurant down the street. So the guy just disappears around the corner. My dad starts driving, not very far, gets to his friend's restaurant, walks into the restaurant, and the same guy is sitting at a table eating. Like the same guy he just dropped off oh, is sitting at a table. My dad's just like, you know, it's like your brain can't compute what's happening. Yeah. So he like goes and tries to find his friend. Uh, he goes, he goes, hey, do you know that guy? Like, because it's small towns, everyone knows each other. Yeah. Do you, he goes, oh no, I've never seen him before. My dad goes, why don't we go talk about it to the back and talk about it? So he go, they go to the back. My dad tells him the whole story, and my dad's friend goes, we gotta go talk to him. They come back out. The guy's gone. You know what I mean? Like the guy had food in front of him. He was eating. Disappeared. Uh, and my dad's friend freaks out, and he goes, we gotta go look for this guy. They get back in the car, they drive over to where he dropped him off, they go around the building, there's nothing there. No one's heard of him, no one's seen him, the guy's, that doesn't exist. And my dad's like, my, my dad always tells me, like, like, it doesn't make sense because like, 
So my his his friend told him that like sometimes in these regions in these like what you would call like the Abrahamic regions or like where the religions are, you, there are there are spirits that live there and they come to you in whatever form, whether they're angels or jinns or whatever. They come to you in a form. Whatever they tell you to do, you just have to do it. You don't really. It's it's basically what they call it's written. So you just have to do it. Yeah. So, and then my dad, the thing in his mind was, this guy was smoking really cheap cigarettes. Yeah. Like, why would a spirit <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. be smoking really yeah. cheap cigarettes? Yeah, yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah like, smoke some camels, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, yeah. what are you doing? Like, some Marlboro Golds or yeah. something. So, so that, that always stuck in my dad's like, he's not very, he's not very uh, superstitious, right? Yeah. And that, so that's why in his mind, he's like, that's weird. Like, if I was a spirit, you know, yeah. I'd live it up, right? Good. <laughs> yeah. So... So they, again, they can't find him. That's what he tells him. He goes, well, okay. And he gets back in his car and try to drive home. And then, like, he gets home. He walks through the door. And basically, the first thing my mom tells him, she goes, I'm pregnant. Oh, man. <laughs> and so, like, nine months later, he has a son. And he goes, well, I was going to name him Jamil. Like, <laughs> well, what, do you, what am I going to do? Like, my hands are tied. Yeah. So my name is because the Because the, the, the name means servant of God. Okay. okay. It's a very... It's a very common Arabic name, especially a Muslim name, like super common. And then you'll find variations of it, like uh, Abdul Majid, Abdul whatever, Abdul Abdul. My name is, other people pronounce it Abdullah because they spell it that way, but it's actually pronounced Abdullah and it's actually supposed to be pronounced with a double A bend at the beginning, so it's hard to say. So in Arabic, it's Abdullah is how you pronounce it, um, which means you can, you can hear the Allah at the end. Abid means servant. So it's like servant apostrophe God, which means servant of God. And then all those other variations that have the same beginning are just the name, the servant, and then the apostrophe, and then one of the 99 names of God. So God has, not, in, in the Muslim culture, God has 99 names. Yeah. Uh, his excellency, his mercy, his, or his merciful, his greatness, etc., etc. Et so you'll find Abdul Jabbar is another one of them. You'll find all those names. They're very common. But the name is not common, in, it's not as common in Lebanon. It's more common in Gulf countries. And so, like, there was almost, like, no chance I would have ever been named that name. Nobody in my, nobody in my family, maybe my dad's second uh, cousin is named that name, but you'll never really find them in my family. Like, my dad's name is Muhammad, his dad's name is Ibrahim, and his dad's name was Jamil. And wasn't there some sort of, like, um, tradition to the sequence of... Of names for sons? Sometimes, sometimes, like, they'll repeat. So my brother's name is Ibrahim, yeah. which is my grandfather's name. Right. And so those names will repeat yeah. a lot in the families. Uh, there's several Ibrahims in my family, and, yeah. and uh, Muhammad's as well. And so, but it was just like, so I heard that story much later on, and I thought my dad was joking. Like, I thought <laughs> right. he made it up, but he's told the story to numerous people who will corroborate that it had. My mom will corroborate that the same story and my dad doesn't make up stories. Well, I was going to say, no. it's not really the kind of story you make up. No. Just be like, yeah, yeah, He's I a, really wanted yeah. to name you this, but your mom wouldn't go for it, so I can cop to this, like, at that point, you just let her win, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, okay, dear. Yeah. And so it's like, it's, 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 it's funny, because it's, um, it, he, yeah, he's so, like, he's a very straightforward guy. He, you know, he jokes around. He, uh, you know, he's very friendly with people. He's the kind of guy, like, if, if, like, we're on a tour bus, he wants to become best friends with the tour guide. Like, yeah. but he never makes things up, yeah. ever. Yeah. I've never heard him even lie. It's just, he just, is, is, he's just a straight shooter that, like, 
he would told me the story. I'm like, there's, I have to believe it because yeah. why yeah. would he lie? Like, you wouldn't tell a story like that just for the sake of. A I story. know. And so like, even after, every time I tell it, it loses a little bit of its like. Oh, I've heard it twice and I got chills both times. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's like goosebumps. That's well, literally amazing. I wrote it out once just so that I could have it. Yeah. Here, and I posted it. My dad read it. And my dad's like, that's how I remember it. How you wrote it is how I remember it. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So that's, so that, that is, I'm born in Saudi Arabia. Yeah. My parents were And were you born in that town? The... I was born in RR. It says yeah. on my passport. It freaks out every passport guard. Oh, God. Yeah, I can imagine. Never heard of So in Saudi Arabia, you don't get citizenship. Okay. You, because it's a kingdom, you have to be blood uh, like a Saudi, from like a tribe of, so Saudi Arabia is a kingdom of tribes. Yep. Uh, you have to be from a blood relative of those tribes to be able to be a citizenship, or you have to have lived there for like 25 years and like the kingdom has allowed you to become a citizen. Okay. Because you get benefits from being a citizen. You, know, you get like, not only do you get like, get to go to school for free, they'll pay you money on top of it if you're out of the country. Like if you're in the US going to school, they'll pay for your schooling and then they'll give you an allowance. Wow. Um, Per month, and so you get a lot of benefits uh, as a citizen from the government. So they just don't let anyone have it. So when I go to the border, it says that I'm born in Saudi Arabia, but I'm Lebanese, but I have a Canadian passport. So, so that must confuse people. And oh yeah, so. I used to get stopped all the time because I have the same name as a 60 year old Hamas leader, mm, and yeah. that was like that was New York. I always remember New York JFK Airport. Yeah, I remember that story. I get, I'm in line. Yeah. There's actually like an Israeli guy in front of me with an Israeli passport. Yeah, he gets to the border guard, and I had just been talking to him in a line, and that's how I found out like where he was coming from. He was coming from the Middle East, and I was coming from Canada, and like he goes to the border, they stamp him, and he goes right through. I get to the border. I have a Canadian passport. I'm standing yeah. The guy has the audacity to tell me I don't have the right equipment to process your passport. And I'm like, what? you just let a guy from the Middle East right yeah. through. And I have a Canadian passport. And so I get sent to Homeland Security. Oh. And I sit there for like an this hour. Is Vancouver? This is in JFK Airport. JFK. This is before Vancouver had their customs on in Canada. Yeah. So right. you, U.S. would clear you, uh, now U.S. clears you here and right. then you go. Right. Before you would go sometimes and you wouldn't get cleared here, you have to get cleared there. Yeah. And it was like an hour of the, and then I would just get stopped all the time. Oh, yeah, <laughs> no. And now I feel like since a random now, check. Oh yeah. Now it's funny. Now they go, we have to stop you. I go, cool. All right. And then I just start, and then they, they'll start asking me questions and I'll start answering them ahead of when they're asking <laughs> me them because I already know the answers. Yeah. And they're like, sometimes it freaks them out because like, how do you know? Like, yeah. I've done this so many times. Yeah. I'll tell you who my dad is. I'll tell you what he does. I'll tell you where I've been. No, I haven't been to the <laughs> army. Like, it's just like, it's, I haven't crazy. had weapons training. Like, it's just so funny oh every time. All right, all right. What'd you think, Dean? Oof. So crazy. So crazy. I felt like it was like a script from a movie or like a, like a, I don't know, some book that uh, I read as like a early 20 year old that changed my life. Yeah, honestly, it's got this like, it's got this like mythical kind of adventure journey thing that's like, this story can't be true, yeah. but like, it's true. It's, but it seems like something you see in a movie, right? It's like very fantastic, but I think so cool. Amazing. Right? And then, I mean, we all have our own paths and we all have our own understanding of like, you know, identity and names and all of these things, but like how cool to hear that story and like, Oh yeah. You know, that, that made me look at Dala differently too. I'm like, Dala, there's, 
purpose. Yeah. There's purpose in all of our lives, but maybe there's extra special purpose in your life. Well, that's the thing, right? You never know, right? I mean, and we have, I think we all have amazing potential and we, we reach varying degrees yeah. of it just because of our environment, our surroundings, whatever abilities, things in front of us. But yeah, it feels like, I don't know, there's something, there's something really uh, unusual and unique about that story. Yes. And it can't just it seems like it's not just there to serve the purpose of like a cool story of how you got your name. It's like if I asked your mom, how did you choose the name Dean? <laughs> You're not going to get a story like that. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe I'll be surprised. But, uh, yeah. That's definitely a magical, mystical, empowered story that uh, makes you believe in, uh, you know, what's possible. Yeah. What's out there. Totally. Right. And coincidence or providence. How do these things come to be? I love it. I, I love that story. So yeah, we hope you we hope you enjoyed that one. As always, uh, check us out on all of the socials, Instagram, and all that. Uh, if you want to follow Dala as well yes. uh, on Instagram, he is at the Dala. Uh, his restaurant, Super Baba, is at Eat Super Baba. I think I got that right. Yeah. Um, and yeah, as Dean was mentioning, um, if you enjoyed the pot, always grateful for, for all the listens. If you uh, feel so inclined, please uh, share, review, uh, subscribe, pass it on to a friend. We appreciate it all. Thanks, guys. All right. Take care. And whoever you are out there, whatever your purpose is, whatever your name is, we hope you just like live fully into it. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 